Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Now, we would like to think we are a progressive country, but this past week, for my next guest to show that we are not as progressive as we would like to think, I'm joined by Emer O'Neill. Good morning to Emer, and thank you for talking to us. Good morning, Alan. Now, I know you're involved in broadcasting like yours truly. You're a presenter with RT. As a matter of interest, before we even get into the reason we're speaking to you, what are you working on at the moment? You're active in, the, in RT, are you? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I do a lot of um, anti-racism workshops. Um, I've just finished another kid's book, um, and I'm potentially working on another um, uh, book. But at the moment, my kind of focus is getting into schools and organizations um, and talking about unconscious bias and anti-racism. All right. Unconscious bias and racism. Can you give our listeners to this program here in Wexford some context about what has happened for, to you over the last few weeks? Or for, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's well documented, but I'd like you to share it with us and our listeners this morning, please, Amor. Um, yeah, so I just had a um, Tommy Turning gig a couple of weeks ago, three, nearly four weeks ago, before weeks, actually, on Friday. Um, and the first joke out the gate was uh, kind of a racist, stereotypical joke about taxi drivers and the African savannah. Um, and it was very offensive and it was just kind of uncalled for. Um, yeah. So my friends and I left the gig. I posted about it. And a couple of days later, uh, Tommy reached out to me and uh, apologised in an email, um, accepted that it was offensive and that I was right for calling him out and that the joke had been taken from the set. Uh, and that he was talking about it, you know, on stage every night from that night on in those gigs. Um, so, yeah, we also had a phone call about it, which was, um, I thought, a very, very positive phone call. Um, he expressed things like, as a middle-aged white man, that he felt, you know, he had no um, right to decide what was and was not offensive or racist um, to a community that he has absolutely no lived experience in and I just like for me that's profound because it takes a long time for people to get to that point of understanding that like as white people you know you you can't tell a person of colour what they do and do not feel and what is and is not racist when you have no idea what it's like to live in their life every single day What is it like to live uh, in that that way every single day? um, it's tough, I'm not going to lie, and to be honest, um, you know, there's a lot of unconscious bias that a lot of us are not aware of. Uh, we've grown up in a systematically racist world, and, you know, people will say things like, what happened 400 years ago, slavery, all of that kind of stuff has nothing to do with today. And, like, that's where they're wrong, because a lot of the influences that we have today stem from what has happened in history. You know, so historically, you know, people of colour, specifically black and African people, would have been looked at as second-class citizens. Um, And uh, for obvious reasons, we we know uh, in terms of history, you know, that, you know, getting jobs, Mm. certain names, all those kind of things were issues years, centuries ago. But the fact of the matter is that stuff still happens today. Really? Does it happen to you you on a daily basis, Emer? It doesn't happen to me because my name's Emer O'Neill, so mm. I have an extremely Irish name, and um, so I have never had an issue getting an interview. Um, but sometimes when it comes to the job, um, they're quite shocked to see me walk in with brown skin after they've seen my name on file as Emer O'Neill. And I remember one occasion applying because I'm a PE teacher and applying for a PE job, 
and it wasn't the Gale school. Um, and my Irish is reasonably good, um, my son's in a Gale school, and like I have the same Irish that any Irish person has that's gone through primary and secondary school here, you know. And I knew that part of the interview would be us Gaelga. And um, as I sat down, the first thing, one, there was about four people on the panel interviewing me, and one of them was like, well, part of this interview was supposed to be in mm. Irish, but obviously you don't know Irish. So, there's, so we'll skip that part. And I kind of was like, I... I yeah, I know Irish. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I am Irish. You know, so it's this kind of an unconscious bias thing. You know, that assumption that just because I have brown skin that I'm not Irish or that I haven't been born or raised here or... So, you know, so let, like let, let me recap that with you, Emer. So they actually said to you, you don't know... They told you you didn't know Irish even though you were well able to speak Irish. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the basis of your skin colour, they told you you couldn't speak Irish. Yeah. Well, they just assumed so. How long ago was this? Is a matter of interest, Emer. How long ago was it? Um, that was when I had just come back from America. At, yeah. Oh, that was 2014. So it took me. I so I have a degree in um, education and a master's in education, and it took me probably four years to get a full time job right. in Ireland. Um, and they were, that was one of the kind of beginning interviews and the process. Um, but what I've experienced is not even close to the majority of people from my community. So, like, I would know firsthand people that have actually changed their last name or their first and last name just so they can even get an interview. Because so many yeah. times that somebody will look at an, um, right. a CV and just put it straight into the bin. Like, there's such thing as, um, you know, so they companies have now taken on this role where in terms of diversity and inclusion and equality to make sure that they're being yeah. equal um, employers are not being given names or ethnicity or pictures or even gender they're just solely supposed to choose candidates based on their skill level right. and this is in, a, in an attempt that unconscious bias doesn't play a role in hiring people um, because actually the uh, people of African descent that are here in Ireland are one of the most highly educated people in Ireland in terms of third level education um, which is not common knowledge, and you have that there's yeah. like generally a stereotypical view out there that yeah. people of color are not educated or those from ethnic minority groups, when in fact it's quite the opposite. And you'll also find that people of African heritage, uh, though although being some of the highly most highly educated in the country, um, also are the highest have All the right. highest rate of unemployment. I want to explore some other aspects of this with you. Not only have you yourself experienced the awful behaviour, but your children and your family are being targeted. And I read an article where your son has been targeted and I was absolutely appalled by this because none of us, all of us, will, will, will lay down our lives for our children. And, and your son and what he's going through and the use of yeah. the N-word. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure it even pains you to talk about it and to think about it, but there's, there's no harm to get it out there because maybe you could help people by yeah. even mentioning it this morning. Well, like, How bad yeah. is the abuse of your son? Alan, honestly, I'm glad you said that because I I woke up this morning thinking about what, you know, was the most important things to talk about. And sometimes it's really important to find common ground with people for them to really kind of be able to put themselves in your shoes. And there are a lot of listeners out there, a lot of people in Ireland that have children. And like you said, you'd lay your life down for them. And I have two children. I have two young children. I have an eight-year-old and I have a two-year-old. My son has experienced horrific racism in terms of in like in his short life so far. What age is um, he what age is he, Emer? 
he's eight now, but the first time it started was when he was five. And I remember him saying to me that he wished he had, like, normal hair, like, all his friends that would just, like, blow in the wind, like... <clears throat> and he said that he wished that he would have white skin like his dad. Now, his biological father is African-American um, of Jamaican descent. So his skin is quite darker, uh, quite a bit darker than mine. And he obviously he has Afro hair. And just like that kind of speech coming from him at such an early age, it, like, it, it, was, it coincides with me of, at that age and my mum uh, telling me how she, uh, I was in the bath and she came in and I was scrubbing away at my skin trying to get the brown off and crying and her having to tell me that it would never come off and that it was beautiful and why did I want it off? So it's like, 30, I'm 37 now, so you know, you roll on 30 years later, you would think things have improved, but then only last week um, he was on his PlayStation with his friend uh, over at a friend's house and what who I thought was a friend, you know, they've been to each other's birthday stuff, wrote in the comments section um, and called him the N-word, called him a monkey, a uh, black boy. And the only reason I even, and he called, he called him the N-word, which was the biggest, you know, thing, yeah. um, and uh, was actually shut down on his side from playing that game again by yeah. server because of the use of the word. Um, but the thing that hurt me the most was my son didn't tell me for a couple of days. And when he did finally tell me, it was we were actually watching TV as a family. We were all just sitting down, you know, a bit before bed. And I gave him a kiss on his head and I called him my little monkey. And he, about 30 seconds later, he just said, Mom, I need to tell you something. So by me calling him a little monkey, so a word, an endearing word that we call our children, yeah. triggered something for him because notoriously people with black skin have been referred to as ape-like um, and closer descendants of apes, like, that, you know, um, that they look like apes, look like monkeys. You see in the Premier League and Football League, bananas being thrown on the field, monkey noises yeah. being made, like, matches have been stopped because of it. You know, so I can't even call my son my little monkey anymore now because now, in his mind, it's like a negative connotation. And he asked me, <clears throat> when he told me what was said, and he's only just now really getting the grasp of reading. He may have dyslexia, so we've worked so hard with him. So for him to be excited about reading things and like this is something that he yeah. sounded out and said out loud, my heart just, it, it, like it still pains for me as yeah. any mother, any father, anybody who has children out there, yeah. even grandkids, it doesn't even matter. Like you've been a, a child yourself, just put yourself in, that sho in, your, in their shoes, you know? Yeah. Um, for him and it, you know he asked me to please explain the n-word and I've because you know I've not wanted to I don't have the privilege of like having these conversations like later on in life with him because I have to arm him now he has to understand like he's heard it so many times now yeah. that night I just said no like you're too like I'm not ready to you know he goes mom please I can't keep hearing myself being called this and I don't know what it means so I talked to him about it. I explained how the N-word derived from times of slavery. It was a, a slur word that All was right. used for African people. Emer, Emer, I, I, I would love to talk to you again in a full and frank yeah. discussion. And I'd love to invite you yeah. down sometime on your Wexford to come in and talk about this. And, and, yeah, and let's yeah. open up this discussion to Absolutely. more than just a phone call. But I just yeah. have, I have a minute before I head to a commercial break. Go in on, that yeah. minute, can, can, you, can you give me what you would see as a solution to all of this, please? Well, first of all, in terms of online hate, like Olympic Ireland put out a delete ban report don't scroll by so you as a person have a voice like I have been absolutely hounded if you go onto my Instagram and just read some of the horrific things or my Twitter the horrific things that have been said about not just me directed at general at, at, at ethnic minority groups 
like go back to your own country, go back to Africa, all these kind of things. You're not really Irish. You're just wannabes. Um, just step in, you know, delete it, re- ban it, report it, that kind of thing. Like yeah. you can have a voice. And then in terms of like where you work, your own home, everything like that, like is there diversity there? And if there is not, call it out because the more diversity we have in terms of everyday life, the less strange, I suppose, it is for people and we can move on and, you know, catch up with the rest of the world. Thank you for talking to me this morning. Not at all. Thanks for having me. question. Did you accept Tommy Tiernan's apology? I did, yeah. I would have loved if he had made a public one because it wasn't just me that was affected by that. Our entire community was. Um, But he didn't do that and I think he had a great opportunity to be not only an advocate but activist for our ethnic minority group and really make a massive difference in Ireland in terms of racism. Thank you for talking to us, Eamor. Good morning to you. And, and, and visit us whenever you get the opportunity. We'd love to talk to you live in studio. Good morning to you now. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.